morning afternoon evening whatever time zone you're in welcome back to another episode of lttk let's toast to knowledge with ololade gay super excited to welcome you guys to this episode and because it's culture series today we're going to italy and i'm really excited i've never been to italy before so i feel like in this episode i really just want to relax have a very interesting conversation with my colleague who is here with me today. So, hi Alberto. Hello there, Lolade, uh, and thank you for having me here. Yeah, well, the pleasure is really mine. So, welcome and to start off with today's episode, I'll just ask you to please introduce yourself, so give me your full name and then we'll take it from there. All right. Well then, my name is Alberto Francesco Catellani. It's a, well, it's a typical Italian name and uh, it's been half taken from my father's family and half has been taken from my mother's family. Mm-hmm. It's a nice name because uh, it means uh, a bright noble who comes from France. Ah. Uh, but why not yeah. who comes from Italy because <laughs> then the question yeah. is what what happens to those who are bright and noble from Italy what 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 I, are their names <laughs> I guess their second name wouldn't be Francesco but would probably be something like Italesco or something ah. like that okay so since we're talking about France like does Italy have like strong ties with France that I'm not aware of Yes, uh, like strong ties of rivalry, of uh, mutual, uh, I mean, also of mutual love for good food, wine, mm. and, uh, but mostly rivalry, mostly, especially with the latest uh, thing with uh, the song Eurovision and everything that happened there. It's like. Uh, okay. So thank you for introducing yourself. Describe yourself in three words. Well, myself in three words. Well, I'm uh, cheerful, I'm Mm -hmm. uh, plenty, because I'm pretty big, you know, (laughs) and I guess I'm also pretty, uh, let's see, serious when the situation demands it. (laughs) I was going to say smart, because I wanted to let you, you know, I'm talking to my listeners right now, that Alberto is one of the smartest people I've ever met. He's so smart. We took a couple of courses together and he would ask all the intelligent questions in class and so anyway <laughs> just you're going to make me blush please don't blush it's the truth <laughs> so now i'm coming back to names right yes so who named you well in uh, usually it goes like this the, the father names the daughters and the mother names the sons but that was back in the days. Nowadays, it's more of a, they decide together and you need both of the parents' signature in order to get the child named. So mm-hmm. they have to decide together. Ah, okay. And in your case, it's both parents that named you, right? Yeah, in, in, in my case, uh, so my first name was chosen by my father and my second name, Francesco, was chosen by my mother because it was, my grandmother was named Francesca. So mm-hmm. I got her name, but uh, at masculine. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes. And do you guys have like in, in Italy, for example, do you have situations where you bear like multiple names, for example, five names? <laughs> so, well, sometimes yes, but usually it's just the first name and the surname. It's more typical to have first and second name. Okay. And 
we rarely go beyond the two though. Okay, okay. Okay, that's interesting because, you know, I mean, I have about five names apart from my... No, wait, let me... I have in total five names, right? And well, if you don't me. know... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you don't know how many names you have, I mean, I can't help you there, <laughs> No, 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 I know. I know how many names I have. I, I, I was trying to say whether I have, like, three names apart from my first and last name or that I have in total five names, including my first and last name. Do you get what I mean? Let's talk about food. And I know that, Alberto, you like good food. And you've told me before, so... <laughs> no, is... I don't like food. <laughs> that's a lie. We both know that's a lie. I know that Italy is known for pasta. So yes. maybe that's like the most common food eaten in your country or produced... Well, yes, it's... Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's that or pizza, but yeah, it's pasta. It's mostly pasta. Uh-huh. And so if there was one thing that you would like to teach someone who is not from Italy, what would it be? I mean, how to make uh, pasta with meat sauce, because that's pretty much uh, a full plate. Okay, so teach me. Well then, first of all, you're going to need pasta. So you're going to need noodles. Then mm -hmm. you're going to need to make the meat sauce. Now the meat sauce is gonna take you at least a couple of hours because you're going to need minced meat, you're going to mm -hmm. need chopped onions, a piece of garlic, some olive oil and uh, tomato sauce. Then it's very simple. You just uh, pre-cook the minced meat which should be beef and pork together. Mm -hmm. You spice it with salt, some pepper, and then you add the chopped onions, the pieces of garlic, you stir it a bit. When it gets brown and it releases the, the fat, you add the tomato sauce to this mixture. Mm -hmm. And then you spin it around. Now you're going to need at least a liter of tomato sauce for half a kilo of minced meat. Hmm. And then, so you're making this for an army. You're not making this for one person, of course, obviously. Oh, okay. And uh, then you just boil the water, throw in the pasta, and after two hours of low heat cooking, the meat sauce is ready, and you can serve it with the pasta. Mm. Alberto, it seems like it's something you cook every other day. You, Pretty you, much! <laughs> because as I asked you, you seem very ready to tell me, yes. and then you even followed the recipe. I'm going to keep that in mind, I'll probably try it next time I want to make pasta. So thank you for that. What do you think is one, should I say, misconception that a lot of non-Italians have about the people in Italy? For example, I know that we say something like, oh, Italians like to eat, they like good food. That's true, right? Yes. Tell me something that is said about Italians that isn't true. Well, uh, one thing I guess would be how Italians are usually pasta, pizza, and mandolino, the mandolin. And the thing is, I sincerely do not even know how a mandolin sounds like. Like, there are very, very few Italians who play the mandolin. I think it's a dying instrument. Like, we don't ah. listen to that kind of thing anymore. Mm -hmm. 
And also, okay. usually when people think Italian, they don't actually think all of Italy or North Italy. They usually think Southern Italians, which are incredibly nice, mind you. But they're also, again, incredibly different from the other Northern or Central Italians. Because, again, Italy is divided in regions and each region is like a world of its own. Mm -hmm. so, okay, since we're talking about like region, where were you born? What part of Italy so, were you born in? I was born in Genoa, which is in Liguria, which is in the northern, western side of Italy. It's border with France, and then it borders with the other regions of Italy, which are Piemonte and uh, Emilia-Romagna. It's a sea region, so we've got a lot of fishing going on, but we also have mountains and hills, so we also have boar as a meat. It's, it, it, it goes back boar. to food again because, yes, boar. <laughs> the wild animal, right? Exactly. Yeah, we have no. a bit of a problem with boars uh, in the hills and in the mountains. And people no. complaining, no, you shouldn't shoot them. But then again, they're ruining everything and they're dangerous. <laughs> and uh, if you're going on a car and you cross mm -hmm. a boar on the street, usually the boar wins against the car. So they're very dangerous. And so you kill them and then eat them. Exactly. Usually with polenta or with okay. uh, pasta again. Okay. Some of the names of things that you were mentioning, polenta, I have no idea. And I then the mandolin. So. so the mandolin is an instrument like the guitar, but ah, with fewer okay. chords and a different okay. tune. Now, okay. the polenta instead is, uh, so it's basically this mixture of water and crushed grains, mm -hmm. which is then cooked until it becomes uh, semi-solid, not completely solid. So semi-solid. And then you eat it with a sauce, usually. Okay. So by grain, you mean something like rice, right? No, I mean literally grain, because Italy doesn't, Italy, Italy doesn't have rice, Italy has grain. <laughs> okay, this is really interesting for me, but I mean, if you yeah, were no. to be in Africa, I think we would call it rice, but I guess in Italy you don't eat rice, right? That's what you're trying to tell me, you eat No, grain. because, yeah, like the problem is that uh, in order to prepare rice to plant it you need a lot of flat surface with lots of water mm -hmm. Italy doesn't have that Italy uh -huh. has mountains it has hills so our fields are literally stolen from the mountains so mm -hmm. we make these things called uh, appezzamenti which mm -hmm. basically means we take the, the earth from other places and then we level off the mountain to make a field uh, and so, okay what's the weather like in Italy sunny like there's a lot of sun right now in italy a lot it's like but do you mean do you mean like throughout the year is it a tropical now, country no it's not no no it's not a tropical country but uh, usually we we have a very warm summer so it's not rainy like in germany we have a kind of cold winter but again it depends on which part of italy you are northern italy is more close to german weather Southern Italy is more close to being a warmer weather with some rains, but usually very, very warm and dry. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So there are three, I think, or let me say two popular places in Italy that I know of. I've heard Venice. Yes. And Rome. Yes. So tell me, Venice is in what part of Italy? And for those so who don't know 
Italy or who want to travel to Italy, I think Venice is one of those highlights or famous places that people say, oh, you should go to. So tell us about Venice and of course Rome, the capital. Well, so about Venice, if you can avoid going there, <laughs> avoid it. <laughs> Because here's the thing. <laughs> I mean, okay, here's the thing. Me. So, Venice is the capital of Veneto, which is a region in the northern, uh, western side of Italy. It's been sold around the world as the capital of romanticism, the gondola rides, the pleasant weather. It's a city that's literally drowning on itself because they have problems with the water levels rising. It's full of tourists, like chock full, mm-hmm. and it's full of, again, it's a city on a lagoon, so it's full of fishes, it's full of uh, smells you will not like. So like, out of all the places you could go, again, you can go to Venice, don't make it a week-long stay or you're going to regret it. Go to other places, like come to Savona, which is my hometown, which is on the sea, it's very nice, and it's it's got less people there, you know? Mm-hmm. But you know, for tourists, I think for tourists, they want places that people know so that they can find people similar to them, you know? So if you say to come to your hometown, what is there apart from the sea and the quiet? Well, we have a fortress, we have uh, towers. We have hiking trails, mm-hmm. we have a couple of museums, and we're very close to Genoa. So you can come mm-hmm. to Savona and then go to the aquarium of Genoa. You can mm-hmm. visit the museums, the palaces. Mm-hmm. We even have a couple of uh, concert halls. I mean, they're still closed because Corona, but uh, they're there. So. Okay. Okay, and then what about Rome? So Rome as a city is, again, it's Rome. The city is beautiful, the people perhaps not, but uh, we take what we can. Again, as an Italian, I am lawfully allowed and sometimes even obliged to insult any other Italian not of my region, because that's how it works. (laughs) It's like, we're a big family, we agree with, like, we agree with one another when it comes to external threats, like the French, or, you know, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to one another, we're like a squabbling family, so like... uh, the Romans, the, the people of Rome. If you want to go there, it's beautiful to visit. Just again, there's lots of tourists going there, so lots of money changing hands, lots of people, so lots of queues. So if you want to go visit a museum, go there like very early in the morning and be ready to wait two hours before let, be let, uh, letting, before getting in. Hmm. It's. And if you need to go to eat in Rome, because that's always important, never go <laughs> for the main streets. Look where the truck drivers are going and follow them, because they know where it's good to eat food in Italy. The truck drivers. Always. If you if you never if you don't know a place and you want to go somewhere nice to eat, follow the truck drivers. They know. Wow. So are you listening, listeners? Are you hearing what Alberto is saying? If you want to travel to Italy, you want to eat good food, you want to visit a museum, here is what to do. <laughs> but thank exactly. you so much, Alberto, for that. So let's talk about the language, right? Yes. I mean, I know that the easy answer is that Italian is what is spoken, right, in 
Italy. Well, it's actually like here's the thing. It's not even an easy answer to give because in yeah. order to teach Italian to every Italian, the Italian state of the time had to literally wage a war against the uh, people because people didn't want to learn Italian. So they had to teach it in the schools, they had to teach it on television, they had to teach it on the radio. They pretty much had to go city by city, town by town, take the people and force them to learn Italian. Because Italian was actually the language of uh, Savoia. It was the language of the Kingdom of Savoia. It was the language of the people of Turin. And uh, then it became the nationwide language. Italians used to, and still do sometimes, speak in dialects, which are bastardized versions of Italian. They're languages by themselves, but they've now become bastardized Italian, pretty much. And uh, they but take like... some words from French, uh, some words from Portuguese, some words from Spanish. Uh... Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So officially, yeah. to make it easy, it's Italian, but then there yes, are different unofficially... dialects. Exactly. And here's the thing. Uh, wait, okay. because you think, the, well, the different dialects become two different regions. No, we Italians are sometimes so unique. We have dialects depending on the city, on the province. So, for example, we have Savonese, which is the dialect of Savona and the province nearby. And then we have Genovese, which is the dialect of Genoa. Like, we're separated by a couple of couple of kilometers to different dialects because hmm. we really don't like one another if we can uh, if we can <laughs> talk in dialect just to make it a bit harder we will wow okay and so since we're talking about language which is related to the regions i would yeah. probably assume that there are maybe subcultures in italy yes yes okay so let's talk about that well First of all, uh, well, for what concerns subcultures, here's the thing. Usually, slash, normally, Italy is divided in north and south. That's the usual division that Italians mm -hmm. make, and which basically means that if you come from the north of Italy, uh, now this is the stereotype, mind you. The northern side is more civilized, it's more productive, it's more attentive, and the southern side instead is more lazy, it sleeps more, it stays under the sun more, and so on. It's not true, of course, it's a stereotype of a, of a period which then carries on. And uh, the fun thing, well, not so fun thing, but kind of fun, is that we divide ourselves depending not just on our regions but also in our cities sometimes even in our city blocks mm -hmm. like uh, we literally cannot stand united as people it's like if somebody says the italians uh, did this uh, the usual thing is like no wait a moment which italian did this where did he come from where was he born was he born in the higher side of us was he born close to the sea on the mountains and then that kind of brands him like uh, if you're uh, born in Savona like or if you're born in Genoa and uh, you kind of have to hate one another well not really hate but more like squabble with one another because mm -hmm. uh, those of Genoa they they cut down one of our towers to size because it was too tall and we never mm -hmm. forgave them for that we kind of uh, <laughs> 
they they literally buried our port side. They just dumped uh, earth on it to close it and build a fortress nearby, and we never forgave them for that. And uh, the people of uh, Genoa are very angry, but we insist on calling them the cesspool of Italy. But uh, we're gonna keep doing it as long as they keep existing, and we hope they keep existing, of course, because again, it's family squabbles. Yeah, and it seems like there's a lot of that going on in Italy. <laughs> yes, in every corner of Italy. Children. Like, Italians are mostly children squabbling with one another. It sounds like. <laughs> yes! <laughs> okay, let's just take a little break and then... Alright. So, what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Well, of course, make coffee. Like, ah. it's not even open your eyes, it's just I make coffee. Like, if I don't make coffee, I'm not waking up, like, directly. Wow. Okay, yeah. so how many cups of coffee do you have in a day? Well, that, first of all, the size of a cup of coffee is also important. Because mm -hmm. Italians have uh, espressos, usually. So that's the small cups. But uh, some people, when they say, oh, he got a coffee, they mean the full, uh, like, half a liter cup. So, okay. I have a half liter cup in the morning, which is my, usually my morning uh, breakfast. And then I have, over the day, 14 cups of espresso, more or less. What? Yeah, That's 14. a lot of caffeine. Ooh. Nah, it's a, it's a normal dose, because uh, whenever you go out in Italy, and you go visit a friend, uh, or you're out at a bar, or you meet someone, the first thing you say to one is, do you want a coffee? you want to go get a coffee? Do you want a coffee? Do you want to drink a coffee? Do you want something to drink? Oh yeah, a coffee. And so mm -hmm. if you go, go outside much, well, not so much with COVID or not, but usually you end up drinking a lot of coffee. So you get used to that. And mm -hmm. if you stop, then of course you get tired and whatnot. So you just keep it up. So Okay. I I just remember that I haven't heard you speak Italian to me. That's what you speak, right? That's your language. Yes, that is my okay. language. Great. So could you please introduce yourself to me and tell yeah. me what you're currently doing here in Germany? All right. In Ita Italian, yes. All right. Well, allora, prima di tutto, ciao. Mi chiamo Alberto Catellani e sono qui in Germania ho finito gli studi all'Università Tecnica di Ilmenau e adesso sto cercando lavoro in giro per la Germania. There we go. Wow! Do you understand that? <laughs> of course not. I mean, but I heard, I heard um, Alberto Catalani, of course. Yeah. I also heard um, Tio Ilmenau because exactly. I'm a student here. So th those are the only two things that I, I understand. Every other thing, it sounded like you were singing, you know? <laughs> really? I mean, I, I guess that as an Italian, I never hear it. But I have been told that like Italian is very melodious. But yes. I never heard it. Like, it is. It, it's, you know, there's like high pitch, low pitch, middle pitch. And then I don't know why it kind of felt like I was hearing some Spanish inside. Just a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I may be wrong, but it sounded to me like Spanish and then another language that I haven't heard before. <laughs> but I, it's interesting to hear. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, usually there's a bit of a diatribe between the Spanish and the Italians, because again, we squabble with one another and we squabble with people around, with love, like, we squabble with love. So, like, did Spanish come first or was it Italian? And uh, we keep mm -hmm. fighting over that. I mean, as an Italian, I'm relatively sure Italian came first, so. Okay. So, how is marriage seen in Italy? And what's the process for getting married? So, marriage in Italy is a complicated issue because, mm. well, first of all, marriage is mostly a Catholic thing. It's viewed as a Catholic mm -hmm. thing in Italy. And mm -hmm. you have to, to know, of course, that like, Italy has the Vatican within its belly. So, like, mm -hmm. uh, and up until very recently, I mean, again, I'm saying very recently, but that's like the, the 80s, maybe the 90s. The only form of marriage allowed was the one of the Holy Roman Church. So, if you wanted to get married, you couldn't just go to sign a document in uh, the town hall. You had to get married in a church. And in mm -hmm. order to get married in a church, you needed to be baptized, you needed to have done the communion, and you also needed to have done the chrysima which we call Cresima. Basically, you need to have done all of the three uh, rites of passage of the uh, Roman Catholic Church. Mm. And only then would you be allowed to marry someone else who had to be Catholic and have gone through the same three rites themselves. Mm. And uh, like nowadays... Yes, it is a long process. Nowadays, instead, you can get married uh, in the town hall. Okay. Which... Uh, is easier on one hand because you just show up you take an appointment you have two white witnesses you sign down on a big book and then you're married in the eyes of a law however being married in the eyes of a law does not mean being married in the eyes of a church vice versa if you are married in the eyes of a church you are married in the eyes of a law it's a bit of a ah. funny thing which so the Italians, law is superior. Yeah. No, the church is superior to the law in Italy. Yeah, it's like it's implied that way because mm -hmm. again, Italy is technically a secular state, technically, but in practice, uh, it's pretty much a Catholic state that tries its very best to hide that it's a religious state. Ah, uh, okay. All right. So, is there a difference between? marriage then right and marriage now yes now okay uh, uh, divorce for example was forbidden in italy even though it took quite a few years before it was legalized in the mm -hmm. 70s maybe and uh, even then usually uh, marriage was meant to be forever like it wasn't meant to be something that you did and then you divorced like you had to keep the wife or the husband regardless of the situation because uh, mm -hmm. so Italians are very prideful people and there used to be an entire section of law dedicated to honor duels for what concerned uh, the safekeeping of one's honor mm -hmm. and uh, that thankfully was abolished but uh, up until I think the 80s, the so-called delitto d'onore, the honor murder, was still considered a defensive uh, tactic 
for a murderer. Mm. But uh, thankfully nowadays that's no longer the case. Nowadays people get married uh, in, in civil or uh, sacred uh, procedure. They get divorced uh, and it's fine most of the okay. times, of course. Okay, okay, okay. Thanks for that. Next is burial. When people die, how is that carried out in Italy? So, burials, you mean? Yeah. So uh, maybe for... I didn't get the pronunciation right. We... Ah, yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so for what concerns burials, again, uh, usually it's the uh, Catholic. I can speak for the Catholic side. It's usually a, a grave in a cemetery, mm-hmm. and uh, funeral can be open or closed casket. It's usually in a and some people, uh, and usually the priest gives uh, a small uh, talk about the departed, and then there's a brief uh, rite of a church, and mm-hmm. then they get brought to the cemetery where they are entombed. It's okay. very rare nowadays, but there used to be like family graves, okay. and uh, it it uh, we didn't uh, uh, burn the bodies. Now we've also begun doing that. We've also begun doing cremation and uh, and ashes in the urns mm-hmm. and whatnot. But it okay. used to be that a dead body was to be buried and let be. Mm-hmm. And then after the burial, like, is there a celebration or anything that brings? together the families of the diseased to i don't know maybe share some food and well wishes or something no no like uh, celebrations usually are for marriages for what oh. concerns uh, funerals it's a it's very somber very sad and gri- because grief is a private thing so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's very it's uh, kind of like very quiet very very uh, silent even you just bring it to the cemetery you bury it just some words of circumstance maybe some like my condolences mm-hmm. uh, everything will be fine but then usually that's it when the family goes back home and that's it it's just leave them oh. to their grief in private mm-hmm. okay it's it's different from how it's done in nigeria i, I, I could also speak for like a large part of africa um, but at the end of the day, there are like different, you know, extremes or different practices for Muslims or people who practice Islam. Their grieving is quiet, very quick. You know, they bury the body immediately, almost immediately after it's um, after the person dies. But in some parts of Africa, it takes long. You know, like for instance, when my grandfather died. You know, we buried him like maybe after a month that he died and we threw a big party afterwards, you know, where we had people come and dance and eat (laughs) just to celebrate the life that was lived, you know, especially when the person lives an old, like to a ripe old age, because I think my grandfather died at 96 years. Ah. Yeah. So, yeah. He lived a full life. He lived a full life, a very full life. <laughs> and he knew when he was going to die. He said it that it's time that he wants to go. So he died shortly after. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about um, what gender roles are in Italy yeah. and how it is perceived. So, well, we have problems in Italy. 
especially in uh, especially in this time like this is a very uh, modern question because uh, if you had asked this question like 10 years ago 20 mm -hmm. years ago the brutal answer would have been uh, the gender roles are perceived uh, as a classic uh, slash uh, antique uh, method of a woman stays home and the husband works but mm -hmm. uh, in the last decade in the last 20 years uh, there's been uh, heavy work done try and give both sides uh, both uh, all, all, to give all genders and whatnot representation and the ability to uh, have the same opportunities at work mm -hmm. and not yeah there's of course still the lingering ghost of fascism in the work in the background because mm -hmm. uh, fascism never really completely went away from the entire mm -hmm. framework of the italian mm -hmm. republic so it's clearly more heavily uh positioned more heavily inclined towards giving more kind of not benefits uh, to the man but it gives less uh, uh, opportunities to the woman Mm. Now they're doing something about it, and in recent years, in recent times, hopefully things will take a, a turn for the better and everybody will have equal opportunities, but usually, again, usually, depending on where one goes, depending on the generation one is born in, it is still that uh, the woman stays home to mm. be a, like a stay-at-home mother, and the mm -hmm. man works. This is changing, but uh, the old generations are already old for a reason, so yeah. Yeah, so maybe not so much. Exactly, but mm -hmm. uh, in the future it will be better, hopefully. Mm. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. I think this is something that happened to the world not only in italy in africa even europe um, other parts of europe america where there is gender inequality but i think the conversation has changed now it's gradually changing to include and give more opportunities to women to not just be homemakers classical homemakers but also um, take on responsibility in the workplace and have the same opportunities to receive money and all of that and growing their careers so i hope to see more of that yeah me too and, uh, another thing is uh, so another thing which the italians are unfortunately notorious for not all of the italians of course but uh, it usually makes the news when it happens is the, the jealousy like uh, unfortunately there are as always some uh, uh, rotten apples who mm -hmm. give everybody a bad view of a situation like because like there's this thing that Italian males are very jealous very possessive because it happens in Italy sometimes that some spurned uh, lovers or some uh, boyfriends who have been left some ex-boyfriends they throw acid uh, at people's faces wow. and, uh, yeah like the problem is it's a few cases those get of course uh, showcased everywhere mm -hmm. and it's very very bad that it happens i do find it incredibly uh, frustrating that you can literally just buy acid at a store and nothing is done for it mm -hmm. and 
Yeah, that's because like there's this idea that the woman belongs to the man in certain parts of Italy, which hopefully with time will break Should that change. too. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> we hope to break it literally that idea to like just shatter it and never have to deal with it again. Yeah, but I know it will take time because it's not easy to change some people's mindset, you know. And yeah, it's gonna take some time. But yeah, hopefully yeah, it will get better. Okay, so maybe one more last question. Would you classify yourself as a true representation of an Italian? Hmm. Now, see, here's the mm-hmm. problem. <laughs> okay. Because again, I, 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 I've been uh, saying this like throughout the interview and I think Italy is divided and it's very divided, but yet divided we still unite. It's mm-hmm. basically Italy has never been one nation and uh, it tries to be one nation but we're not. So I most certainly represent some Italians. I don't represent them all because there's like thousands of different ways of being Italian. Like some Italians they like football and I have never watched one football game in my whole life. And so I should... Yeah, I should rescind my Italian citizenship for that, but there are also many Italians who don't watch sports. And some Italians instead prefer volleyball for some reason. And uh, others like to do horsemanship, going on horses. And then we've got uh, Italians who like culture and Italians that don't. And they make it a part of their culture to like or not like something and at mm-hmm. that point you cannot even represent Italy with a single uh, view of Italian because we're, mm-hmm. we're the best way would be to represent it as a very very dysfunctional family with mm-hmm. multiple Italian children just going about doing their business and that's mm-hmm. in a nutshell what Italy is okay so how many people live in Italy what's the population well, the populations of Italians in Italy is, uh, I mean, I'm sure we're in the millions. I think 60 millions, maybe. Okay, okay. Maybe. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. that many. It's, mm-hmm. uh, so we have not that much land because, again, we're very tight uh, with mountains and everything, but we, ca- we, ha- we manage it. We build wherever we can and even when, where we shouldn't causes its own problems but yeah mm-hmm. if there's okay. a problem we fix it by ourselves because if we had to wait time and bother the state we would never be done yeah i, I feel that i know what you mean by that completely <laughs> exactly okay, so i know i said one more last question yeah go for it I'm, I'm really curious to know what are you most proud of as an italian ah uh, well the thing i'm most proud of as an italian is that we Italians have managed to survive in the modern times by sometimes absolutely and completely ignoring the state. Like, we have a government, but the majority of Italians don't vote for it, and they don't care for it. And like, it's there, (laughs) but uh, if we could just burn it down and move on with our lives without it, uh, I guess people would go for that. Because like, uh, (laughs) we don't need the government it's there, of course. It makes things complicated. 
but uh, we can, we manage just fine without it. And of that, I'm very proud. Italians <laughs> are very like we are very self-independent. If we can do something by ourselves without bothering anybody else, we will. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we handle our own problems, we solve our own problems, and uh, again, sometimes being uh, kind of like you know cunning or smart but not the good kind of smart leads to problems admittedly mm-hmm. but usually the shortcuts we take to reach our destination are good enough so okay what a perfect end and to be honest your answer yeah. was unusual <laughs> because i was uh, expecting to say oh maybe the fact that italy produces the something 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 that goes to the world i don't know what what is italy known for producing well here's the thing uh, people will say that Italy's best things about being produced are tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Like Italian tomatoes are sold on the foreign market and yeah. we buy Spanish tomatoes or f- tomatoes from Northern Africa. And uh, we export, uh, I guess, pasta and we export uh, yeah. food a, but yeah. and wine. But the thing that actually gives us a lot of money, which very few people know, is high-precision industrial instruments, which we export Mm -hmm. all the way to the United States, because the United States literally just uh, threw the towel in and said, listen, we're not good enough to make this. Please, Italy, make them for us. Okay. You said high-industrial instruments. Yes, precision high-industrial instrument. Okay. So it's like a precision instrument. It's like very, very precise instruments meant for probably every corner of the industrial process. But they are the, the most precise ones. Like. Okay. I'll probably have to check that out <laughs> yeah, to be but... sure what you mean. <laughs> but it's okay. I think we've had such a lot of knowledge come from you and I'm really happy. Um, so describe your Italian flag. What are the three colors on the flag? Let me well, see how patriotic you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are the colors of the Italian flag? Oh my, how could I ever answer this very hard question? Oh no. <laughs> well, it's green, white, and red. And mm-hmm. the Italian flag, the one we have now, is the modern one, the Republican one. We used to have uh, the symbol of the Italian monarchy in the white center which mm-hmm. was then uh, uh, removed uh, because, again, we became a republic after the Second World War. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Alberto, for this. I hope you enjoyed having this conversation with me, because I did. Uh, I did too. Like, if you want me here again, I'm available. I just <laughs> say the word and I'll be here. <laughs> okay. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to listen to this episode. And I will catch you in my next episode. Guess the country we're going to next. Until that time, don't forget to toast to knowledge because what you know is never enough. All right now. Bye.